passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5. Zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, Marcus Dash here with the Leaving 76ers podcast. So we have some exciting news uh, Thursday night at um, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. The Believe in 76ers podcast group will be going live right here on YouTube. So please um, drop by and give us some questions. Give us some comments. Um, our guy, former 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, would love to answer anything you got. And, of course, me and my brother, we're always happy to answer anything from you guys. So, yeah, uh, make sure you're here, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Believe in 76ers podcast channel, right here on YouTube. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, so last time we saw each other, we were 0-2. Now we're 1-3. Uh, we're get on the right track. What, what, do, what do you got? What do you guys think? <laughs> we got to win, so I guess you can feel good about that. Yeah. Hey, if we call two blowouts, we were kind of right. We just got the team wrong on one of them. So, yeah. all right. Yeah, well, I've picked us to win every game. So, who am I? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I thought one would be close and one would be a blowout, <laughs> but we couldn't even make this first game close. We tried, but we didn't try that hard yeah yeah um so lots to get into in this episode today um so we'll begin with our first topic even though we kind of we kind of mentioned a little bit about it but uh so since the last show we lost to an inferior opponent in the san antonio spurs even if things are going wrong against good opponents shouldn't we still be able to beat the bad ones like the spurs or did that game show how bad things really are and also a nugget that i saw and a stat to consider uh espn released a couple of stats for us to ponder which were hardened his second in minutes played, only behind Devin Booker, and Harden has dribbled the ball 1,507 times compared to 1,242 dribbles 
for the entire roster combined going into last night's game. So with all that considered, what do you guys make of what's going on thus far this season for the team? Well, I mean, as far as the Spurs game, um, I think to a, I mean, I don't, I'm not in that locker room, but I think the way we approached that game, there was probably a lack of respect, lack of focus going into that game. Um, I didn't even know, I didn't know who the starters were. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying I didn't, as far as, if, without looking to look, without looking at their roster, like I had no idea who they would start outside of maybe Keldon Johnson. I know I had no idea who they would start. Um, and then, but you you knew who they were once they started playing. I mean, they played hard. So the thing about them, they play hard and they make shots. They share the ball. They play together. So they play like a team, and that team can beat you on any given night. Now, if it was a playoff series, that team couldn't beat us. But they can beat you on any given night. Um, Popovich, baby. Teams like that. Say it again. Popovich, baby. Yeah, but what teams like that do is they kind of, I don't want to say open up situations for you, but they kind of are glorifying things. But they, if they, if when effort comes in and they're playing hard and they're competing, they're defending. And making things tough on you, um, you can kind of see where holes are on your team when you play a team like that. So, yeah. Cajun, what were your thoughts? Or- I mean, going forward, I mean, but going forward, it's, you know, one to three record. I mean, you can come back from it. And you've seen teams do it before. I mean, Boston Celtics were, were, was what? One of the, where were they? In December, around Christmas last season, they went to the finals. It was rough. Yeah. Um, so it can happen. I think it's just, you know, from us, it was so much enthusiasm, excitement going into the season. And maybe, the maybe, training, too much, yeah. maybe too much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, losing at Boston, losing to Milwaukee at home, you can kind of see it. I mean, even though they didn't have Middleton, but they are a team that can beat you. Um, losing those two games and then losing your home opener and then coming back your second home game and losing to a Spurs team does kind of like bring more questions because of that. And it was really a convincing win. Like it was, it was, it wasn't like it was. They look like the better team and and played better. Um, so it, it that was disappointing. Cajun. Uh <laughs> yeah, the Spurs were supposed to be our our get right game, right? But um I think the players I think the players more than anyone thought that as well. Like, this is our get-right game, but you have to get the right. It's not just handed to you. And just because you go into it going, oh, we're better than the Spurs on paper. It's going to be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just win because that's what we're supposed to do against an inferior team. But the effort wasn't there. Um, players still have to rebound. Players still have to run the floor and play defense and transition. Uh, Pirtle was grabbing rebounds like Dennis Robin. 
down the stretch and we were trying to claw our way back and it was just pathetic. I was just like, I was hitting my head just being like, man, I mean, you just, you got to get a rebound. Our problems are still the same from the playoffs. I mean, do they think Tucker was just going to come and average 15 rebounds a game for us? It's not going to happen. Someone else outside of Embiid and now Tucker, you know, scrounging for rebounds in his six, five height. Someone's got to do that. I mean, I just, just, the effort's just not there. And it was, it was pathetic to watch down the stretch, end of the stretch of that game. Um, I'd say that game was definitely definitely a rock bottom just because, well, we can get worse. Let me put it that let's say, let's say that. But so far, because like you said, I can stomach a home opener, uh, Celtics home opener loss. Okay. Milwaukee, really good team. They have a lot of continuity. I can I can stomach that, but getting beat handily by the bad Spurs team, man. I mean, maybe and, and maybe we're not being fair enough, too. Who knows? Maybe the Spurs are like that team out of nowhere this year that like fights and becomes like a seven or eight seed in the West. It could, it could happen. We It's way too early. They could be better than what we know of them to be right now, but they're not better than what we're, where we're supposed to be. So even if they are a seven or eight seed, we're still supposed to beat that kind of team at least by seven or eight. I mean, or win it period, not lose by double digits. Um, yeah, that was bad. And it was at Philly, which is like even worse. So it, the, the, the team aspects, one thing, but, where it happens even worse. Um, I, yeah, as far as the Harden stuff, so as of today, I checked today, he's, he's tied for seventh in minutes. Still a lot. Um, but our problem is that our bench has stunk the past three games. I feel like we're still back in the Miami series. So, And some of it maybe isn't fair because our bench is completely new. So it's not like there's any continuity there. It's a totally new – they're totally new guys – um, he has to, we don't really have a guy off the bench to kind of becoming a leader on the floor and distribute. So Harden kind of has to do that for the starters and he's got to do it for the second unit too now. So he's, he's, he's back to OKC hard and Houston hard just full time, all the time, second unit and starters. That's why he's playing so much because they don't have anyone to rely on, on the bench to kind of become the team that the floor leader, mm-hmm. um, because when Harden's gone, if if you leave Maxi in there, that's great. But Maxi's not really looking to distribute like that when Harden's gone. He's like, okay, my time to score now. Now I'm going to get like six shots off in the next like three and a half minutes, which is great. But you're not getting anyone else involved that way. So now you don't have a real point guard in the floor when Harden leaves. Um, and then Beads look like he's coming off of anesthesia. So uh, at all times, uh, he looks out of it. Uh, no energy. Um, so I'm going to give it, a, <laughs> I'm going to give it a little more time. Oh my goodness. Did you just say anesthesia, man? Oh my goodness. Okay, go ahead. You know, they're kind of like, like they're all, all slow and like, you know, like they're just, yeah, he just looks like he's a look, he's on delay. Like he's on a bad Wi-Fi, and everyone else is on like great Wi-Fi. Um, I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm not going to be so hard on the bench because they're, they're new players filling out new roles. The preseason short. This is pretty much like preseason for them. Let them get their roles down. Um, the starters, I don't have any excuses for because four out of five are returning, and the new starter is supposed to be a glue guy. So, <laughs> but when the when the starters look so discombobulated, glue guy, glue doesn't fix shattered glass. So, what do you expect Tucker to do? Like hold it all together? So, I, I mean, 
the dribbling, I don't really, that doesn't bother me because he has to do all that to set up an offense right now because we don't have anyone else to do it. So uh, the minutes will come down. I think once we get our rotations and bench right, then they're going to bring him down a little bit. So I'm not too concerned about that just yet. Yeah, and it, and it looks like we're still toggling with the uh, our rotations and stuff. I mean, going to last night, Shake Milton got some some decent minutes last night. Uh, he, I think it was his first time he actually got extended minutes so far um, in the first. Any, I think, right? Yeah, I don't think he had got any minutes. Yeah, I think it was his first time in the rotation played, at all. Yeah. First time, yeah. I guess they're still perfecting that. I guess we're going to see what the what that looks like going forward. Um, and I will was on the floor long enough to blow his nose. That's a plus. Hey, there yes. you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you find you a way to say, say something negative about that <laughs> That's not negative. No, 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 that no. Is, that is negative. Everybody know that he hasn't played. But it's you not his. But no, you didn't make that comment about Ferg. That's <laughs> no, true. because because Thibel, well, hold on, Thibel has been on the floor, but like for like one play, and they yanked him again. This time he was actually on for like more than one play, so he was long enough to. Yeah, good, good, good nose blow, you know. Um, that, that's why I said that. Yeah, Ferg's just like, yeah, they had to like, they had to like revive him to get him on the floor. Yeah, but I mean, Tybal just gets on for a second or two. <laughs> um, there you so, go. Uh, I gave, I, mean, I gave it to Ferg too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So you mentioned PJ Tucker being the glue guy, and it's someone that we kind of talked about all off season, is you know coming in and giving us that energy. Um, so after the Spurs loss on Saturday, um, the doc had said that Tucker was kind of yelling at the guys in the locker room, um, just saying that you know, no one's going to give him wins uh, and that we have to want it more than the opponents. Um, so my question is, it's good that we have that guy, that kind of voice in the locker room. But my question is, is this is that too early to have that kind of locker room talk um, in the season for, for Tucker to kind of go off on the guys like that? Is that too early for him to kind of no. do that to the guys? I mean- not when you're coming in with expectations to win the championship. No. Um, I mean, we weren't in the locker room. Doc said it. Right? Isn't yeah. that who put it out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, other teams may have conversations like that. I mean, you know, you look at the team out west. You think they don't? They don't have, you think it's too early to have conversations? I mean, it's, it's, it, it comes he, down to. Team out west, it, he calls it. Yeah. It comes down to. <laughs> um. You know, oh, it comes man. down to being zero and three and and and, and fixing that. So I'm, I'm sure that PJ, or at least I hope PJ wasn't the only one that had something to say. Um, I would, I would, I would hope that, you know, other people could be disappointed and in, in, in wanted to write the ship. I so, so PJ might've been the one that started the conversation or the more vocal one, but I'm just hoping that he wasn't the only one. You know, because you, you got to have some of those guys that's taking all those shots um, be a little more vocal, too. Because the one thing that being vocal does is it puts pressure on you to have your actions meet your words. Because if you really want guys to tune you out, go in that locker room talking and don't let your actions match them words. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why that's, that's if you want, if you want to know how to lose a locker room, that's how you do it. That's why I'm so glad it was PJ that said those things because yeah. talk that's about how you guy, lose a locker room. Talk about a guy who leads by example. PJ is a guy who yeah. 
puts it on the floor every night. So if someone right. can well, that, I mean, anybody can say it and anybody can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, those, you know, the action and worries about a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't uh, tell people to dive on floor for a ball or play defense and you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is the guy that would do it too. So I, I, I yeah. Those I think- are just an examples. It could be anything. I'm just saying, like, I just hope he wasn't the only one. It's good that they went there and, and a, and a win the next game came from it in a, you know, a win, a good win and a team that they were better than. And they showed it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, can we carry that into this three game trip and, you know, three games in you know four nights or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I wish you, I, I, I hope more people were jumping in there and saying that and agreeing with it rather than just listening to him. But it's a good guy to come from. Uh, I love that it came from him. I wonder if he's sitting there going, man, should I have stayed with Miami? <laughs> I, mean, I think that, you know, he, he he's won championships and, and, you know, with Milwaukee and had a really good year last year with Miami. And he's an older guy that's been through a lot in his journey. Um, has taken them a lot of places, so he he gets it. I mean, this mm-hmm. time his urgency is different too. Yeah, so, it's true. You know, trying to pick people up and lead by example, and kind of tell them, you know, show them how, how fast this thing goes. And when you do have an opportunity to make it to the finals, or make it to the conference finals, or make it to the you know you know whatever it may be your goal is, those opportunities aren't just given to anybody in the league all the time. I mean, it's only four teams out of 30 that make it to the conference finals. Yep. So we yeah. keep pressing about this team getting to the, you know, past the semifinals. Well, there's only four teams that do that. <laughs> yep. So um, these games that we playing now, we just seen a lot of those at the beginning of the year, that stuff matter, man. Like we yeah. said last year, we were tied. <laughs> if we're tied this year. We're, we're gonna be tied with back. two. We were tied with two teams. If we're one tied, game difference. Same one game difference. We'll definitely be looking the- back at this game at the end of the year, being like that damn yes. San Antonio game, man. That damn San Antonio game. We should have won. And the number one uh, seed wasn't too many. What, what were they? Two games or so? Two or three games ahead of us? That was yeah. close. So it goes back to what I was saying about the get right game, right? It's pretty much what he was alluding to, like. Yeah. It, it, you have to get it though. It's not just because you're due for a win doesn't mean you check in and like, all right, guys, yeah. no, you're the better team, so we'll go ahead and give you that win right there. I, I think we we're playing like we 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 played in that game the first three games like we believed our own hype. Yeah, going into it like like we already they're already making like the parade uh, uh, uh you know arrangements and and I just think there was a little too. I'm glad we got humbled a bit. Be honest with you. Um, it's it's necessary. I wish we didn't. I wish it could have been a close game against San Antonio instead of us getting dominated. But the harsher the loss, the bigger the reality check is, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in a way I'm I'm glad it happened, but I, it sucks to watch it happen. Um, there's just way too much talent on the team, and I think PJ knows that. And a lot of things need to happen to get right, and it's not just the players. The coaches have to get the rotations right. We got to crash crash the glass. Um, I think we need to know when to kind of unleash Maxi. I think Maxi's having, I wouldn't say regression, 
But I think he's having a hard time almost seeing when it's his turn to just take over and do things. But but uh, that's the thing that I'm looking at. That's what I said during this, the summer. Like, I think Maxine and, and in some ways Tobias are like playing well, um, scoring the ball, but it's like you never know when their shots are going to come. You just don't know. Like they don't, they aren't, they may give Tobias a couple, a few plays here and there. And, and Maxi has the ball in his hands, but it's, it, it doesn't feel like we're calling plays for him. It just feels like, like he gets the ball. Yeah. Or he gets out on the break and he's able to create, create a play. Creates it. But, yes, but it's yes. not like we're coming down. And that's, that's the hard part. And that's why I've always said that's the hard part about, averaging a lot of points or really averaging and impacting in the game because it's not it's not really set it's not enough touches it's mm-hmm. not enough plays in the game to give Joel what he is going to get and give James what he's going to get <clears throat> excuse to me James in his 17 and James has the ball all the time yeah <laughs> so. yeah at least I mean Tobias Looks like he has the catch and shoot corner three role for the most part. He's pretty yes. much like Tucker. Yes. He, he, he's he's not hesitating on plus that. four he's inches, knocking it down, especially early in the game. It's like early in the game, he's like ready. Yeah, um, it seems like he's he get opportunity after opportunity. Then it kind of dies off as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that tells me that's a guy that's not getting plays. He's getting opportunities. Especially when the starters are on the court together, he's yes. definitely catch and shoot mode. When they when they stagger him, he has a little more uh, a longer leash to kind of go and create ISO, post someone up, do a little turnaround. Um, but it's but I'm just, it's it's like for him, it's like put him in the pick and roll with Maxi or James. They're going to switch. Let him go. Let him operate on that smaller guy. Mm-hmm. Now, if they double it, then he's going to find the guy. They don't, then let him score a few times. I just I don't see stuff like that. He did it on Buddy a couple times when he was trying to guard him. He was just bullying him down to the lane. Yes. Dude, you, you had the size. I mean, over but the pace the pace was different because Pacers were really just trying to outscore you. Like that's totally how they play. Mm. Um, and and that team won't beat you unless they shoot great. The way they're yep. playing, to me, the way they're playing. But. You go to Toronto the next game, and they are going to switch everything, and they're all outside of one guy around the same size. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I With Max, he looks like he's looking for his turn. Our transition defense was, has been bad again. Uh-huh. And then as far as just, just that, an overall – Transition defense, like I don't know how that's <clears> – <throat> I mean, you got the effort, but I really don't know how we're going to fix that. I think you can make it better. I don't know how we're going to make it really good. I just don't. I just, you got Joel, your main Joel, and you have, you know, Tobias or PJ sitting in corners, and Maxie's roaming, and James is attacking, and it's, <laughs> it's just like you have guys and. PJ's crashing the boards, and it's it's like 
I don't know. Even when we make shots, we'll score on transition defense. Yeah, I mean, because it's <laughs> the way that we, we are. I mean, that's the one way that teams used to address with Shaq was to try to run them and try to get baskets, um, try to run them up and down, try to get baskets before he gets set and defensively. And then, you know, people not really run into the rim like they used to because the three-point line is such an emphasis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do that. You can run to the you can run to the rim. And teams are running and getting layups and especially when James and Maxie are attacking. And a general prop note, okay. So there's no one specific. <laughs> Take the best wing scorer to go over in his points against us, maybe even both wing scorers to go over against us. Uh, take the team's best rebounder to go over rebounds almost every single night. You'll hit it. And then, again, we won two quarters against Indiana, okay? Tied one and lost one. Guess which quarter we lost? Third quarter. Third quarter again. Ten straight third quarter losses dating back to last postseason. Ten straight. I mean – I it's bad. That's that's more. I'm a pattern, man. Come on, ten straight. Ten, that's a real stat. Ten yeah, straight. ten straight in back that we lost all third quarter against Miami and every single game this year. We beat a team by 14 and still lost the third quarter. I mean, it's wait, like, wait, 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 so, wait. So, so the last game in Toronto, we we lose the third quarter in the, in the Toronto game because the Miami game only went that went five, and then we've only had four games so far. That means the last Toronto game was also. Um, I need to see. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the last Toronto game too. Jeez, that's awful. Um, but it's 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 not good. It's it's uh, yeah. I'll look it up right now. But but yeah, that's a, it's it's been a problem. At least forget about even last year. Like four straight this year. It's like yeah. even the game we win, man. It, it, it's it's. Yeah, just looking at last, just looking at this season, like you don't even have to um, talk about last season as much. I mean, because that's the playoffs. But even though, that, but that just makes it worse. Yeah, you, you're looking at, you know, that's interesting. No, six games, Marcus. Uh, they beat us at home in in Game Six in Miami. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So all six games against Miami, four games this year, ten straight. That's rough. Yeah. So the question is, here's a question since we're on that topic, is out of those ten games, and I know you can't find it, have it right now, how many did we have a lead? Going into the third? Yes. Basically a halftime lead. And did we lose it? Well, weren't we weren't we tied with the Milwaukee and going to halftime? You mean uh, I'm going to pull up first. I'm going to pull up. I think we were tied going going to halftime in Milwaukee. And I think we were down by like four with uh, Miami or not Miami, Boston in the first two games. So we are losing both of those. So we were losing game one and two against Miami. Game three, we were winning. We didn't give up the whole lead. Um, oh, that's the game we won. So we won that game. But yeah, uh, game three, we were 
winning going into it, and then they cut the deficit down to like three. And then in game four, uh, we were also winning, and they cut the deficit down to they two. And then in game five, they were just they were already beating us by six. <laughs> and then game six, um, they just we were I think. We were winning going by one and they blew us out in the third. So a couple of them we had we had uh leads. We didn't blow the whole lead, but they certainly cut into it on most of them. And this season I didn't look into yet, but um Yeah, Boston. I remember Boston. Boston, did we have the lead in Boston? No, I think we were down by two or but they extended the lead in the third. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's brutal, man. It's it's I I don't I'm, I don't know who that's for. Is that, is that a coaching thing? Is that is that is that Doc? Is that well, what is that? We just come out of the third. They just what they're eating Chick Fil A in the locker room uh, at halftime, and we just come out and say, "Let's do what we, do what we keep doing." Or we were tied with Boston at half. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't, I mean it, it's a combination of coaching and playing. I mean, guys got to you know. You know, I know when I played, it was we we would try to win the third quarter, but we would also try to win in phases. We would try to win the first three minutes of the quarter. We would try to, to um, win of you know win before that first TV timeout, which was back then, which was under um, you know six or seven under six minutes or whatever it was. Uh, under seven, six or seven, six or seven minutes. Which I don't remember exactly how it was, but you would try to win that time frame. You would try to win that quarter. I mean, and you know, the quarter, the first three minutes, try to win. You know, before the first time out, that would try to. That usually takes you to a winning of the quarter if you can do those two things. Um, but I think. We're we're casual. We are casual, mm-hmm. offensively yeah. and defensively coming out of halftime. And sometimes it's like you know, defensively we just got to do it. Offensively, maybe that's where you showcase um, Maxi and Tobias, who seems to have more jolt, more energy earlier in games, earlier in quarters. You kind of showcase them and let. James and Joel come behind that. I don't know. That's just yeah. a, it's just a suggestion or example. I don't it's, not even, it's not even close either. We're losing by an average of like over seven points. It's like not even like oh, it's one or two or close. It's, that's I mean, it's, so it's so that's what I'm saying. It's both ends. So that's scoring end stops. Yeah, we're just getting. I mean, just out of the gates, they're just coming out and killing us in the third. Yeah, I mean. Good, good teams, bad teams, home, away. It's like it doesn't matter. That stat travels. It's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we, were, we were down two at the half against Milwaukee and then down five uh, at uh, San, San Antonio. Or wait, no, three. We were down three at San Antonio, down two in Milwaukee. And then Indiana, we were up. So – 
Right. Being down and then getting dominant in the third floor is not a good, uh, not a good recipe. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so obviously we, we talked and we won last night. So let's talk about some of the good things we've done so far. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So last night we, we dominated the Pacers, uh, one by 14. Um, and following the game, uh, Dr. Rivers said that, uh, he's going to scale back MP's minutes. Um, so just in general, what did you guys think of the win last night? And what do you guys think, uh, Doc rolling back MP's minutes? I mean, I think whatever's going to help him be the best version of him and whatever's going to help them, you know, keep him at that version for a longer time is best. Uh, if limiting the minutes helps do that, then that's something we got to got to be because I think to accomplish the goal you want to accomplish when we get later in the season, we get to the playoffs. I don't think Memphis, uh, I don't think minutes can be an issue. So let's get to that point where, because we're going to need him to be his best, the best that he can be as dominant as he can be. Um, and he, he, he could be looking at 37 to 38, 30, not 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. It could come to that. I mean, you don't have back-to-backs, but whatever gets him to that point, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. As far as the game goes, it was the get-right game we finally got, so that's one. Um, but is it because we played better or we just, just super hot? We were 44% from three. We couldn't miss in parts of that game. Um and B was a little more aggressive at closer to the basket. He had three blocks. We looked a little more energized on both sides of the floor. And I think the 28 minutes he played really helped that too. It's like, it's funny when I was watching, I, I kind of, it kind of brought me back to the 2016, 2017 Sixers and Embiid where they would, they would start him and they would pull him around like after like five minutes and they would bring him back in with like two minutes left in the first. Um, and then they, you know, play, they kind of staggered him. But he was, I think back then he was only a 22 to 24 minute restriction. That was like his first season, really, his first playing season. So a little more than that, if you're going to get him to 28, I still wouldn't mind doing a variation of that and pulling him at like the six minute mark. Let Harrell come in, let let, Hart, let, let the offense run through Harden for the rest of the, the first quarter, and then start him the second quarter, have Harden pulled. And then you have him play most of the second. I think that'd be a good way to kind of stagger him up a little bit too, to use him into her strengths. Um, but I think whatever, whatever we can do to get the best of both sides of the bulks, I, I don't want to sacrifice one for the other because it doesn't do anything for us. Because we became a worse defensive team when we did that Simmons and and, and Harden swap and Maxi playing all the minutes. We, we have a couple guys who are not as good at defending and beads position down low as support becomes even more important. Right. So he needs to be active on defense. And I don't think he has to, we have to get back to him exerting less energy on offense, um, which was happening for a while with hard, but now he's going back to like getting the ball, at the top of the key and trying to do all these moves to get to the rim. It's like, man, you don't have to do all that. Like you're, you're, it should come much easier to him. Yeah. Um, but if he's not going to do that, then play him less minutes. And that way, he will be more um, energized throughout the game. So overplaying him, we won't see the best version of Embiid. I know it's uh, when you see him out there on the floor more often, it's 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 comforting. You're like, okay, our best player is always out there. He's out there a lot. Great. 
I'd rather have a 90% and be for 28 minutes than a 70, 65% and be for 34 minutes. I want him, I want the, him to maximize when he's out there, not just being out there and, and sluggishly getting from one side of the floor to the next when Harden's, you know, dribbling 18,000 times, whatever the stat you said earlier was. It um, wasn't 18,000. No, no, it wasn't 18,000. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to be a jerk and, 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 and uh, you know, go, go go really high on it just to prove my point. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I want to see him get back out there and diving for the loose balls, blocking shots. Because the problem is, too, and you know this, Eric, like, he doesn't want to come out of games, right? He never did. Even when he was on minute restrictions, he didn't want to come out. And that was when he was like, whoa, dude, we don't know if your bones can hold up. He, When you're playing too many minutes and you're not in shape, that's when you can easily get injured. We see it all the time with football players. You miss training camp, and then all of a sudden they go out there and get the ball 25 times, and they, they hurt their knee. Uh, he also dives for balls. Um, um, he, he jumps for a lot of block shots. He lands awkwardly a lot on dunks. That on tired legs when you're being overworked, that can lead to an easily lead to an injury for Embiid. I, I just don't want that to happen because he a lot of times he, he doesn't does know fall. A, he does fall a lot, dude. I, I told Marcus the other day if they had an over under, I wish they had an over under for his falling, and it would be like a four and a half, I'd say, each game. And I might <laughs> take the over on those, man. Yeah. So like. He doesn't – because he's one of those guys, if I'm out there, I'm going to die for everything. And that's great. I love that about Joel. He plays like he's like 6'5", but he's 7-plus. But I want you to do that when you have your legs under you because then you don't have that good base. You're going to land awkwardly on one leg, and boom, our season's done. It's not worth it for the extra five minutes a game. It's not. During that Spurs game, during that telecast, I think um, Kate Scott said that he worked with a person on learning how to fall properly. I and that's, that. they said that's why he's doing it more so this year because he wants to – he's practicing how to fall properly. I mean, like, you should do that during practice. Why well, you got to do it during like, the That's game. a real – that was – she said that for real? Yeah. Real coming. Landing and landing on, on dunks, which I do agree with because even – I don't in, always in, have the volume. I don't always have the volume up when I'm watching. So I, I, don't, I don't remember hearing that. Yeah. Um, interesting. Even when he dunks, because he lands on the wrong foot sometimes. Like even in the end of game, that 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 dunk oh, he had. Like, why would you practice falling? I think it's falling and and landing and landing. It's both, yeah. Like he had been working with this person all throughout the off season too. To to practice falling and land landing. Yeah. So he's not like I guess so he's not like trying to land on certain parts of his body. Um, I guess. Uh, what, what, what the reason was behind so when we, that's what I'm saying. When we say landing, are we talking about just landing on his feet? Yes, yes. Okay. I get it. Now, I was that's what I'm saying. That's why I kept asking. Like, I'm thinking, is he talking about just landing on, on the floor, on, like, on his body? I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I was, it, it, was, it was that, too, because I, I think she, she mentioned, like, trying to catch yourself with your hands when you're going to the ground instead of, and, and, and kind of falling in a proper way instead of trying to, like, you know, put your – Put your hands down, trying to catch yourself where you could have it. You could, um, I guess, hurt your. Are like, we anything. taught like not to land on your wrists and your hands? Like that's like one on one of out of fall. Yeah, he puts himself in a lot of awkward positions, Eric. I'm just asking. Like, I'm, yeah, he's I'm, out, he's I'm out there playing. It looks like he's out there playing Twister sometimes, dude. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> he, he falls a lot. A lot of it, 
he falls to the point where it almost looks like he's floppy. Yeah. Well, because it's happening of, so much. A lot of other teams' fans would say that without the almost part. They think he flops all the time. So other people think he flops? Oh, yeah. man. Other people, all the fans, they call him the flop king, dude. Got it. Well, but Boston, it it got looks that. that way. It yeah. looks that way because it's he's bigger than everybody. So if you're bigger than everybody, and then everybody's, but you're falling the most. I mean, I get why people will say it, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's you know, his it could be his balance, or you know, or maybe he just drawing. I get this. I think you just, just like, to you're the biggest, and you're and you're. I don't know. He's about Shaq's size or close to Shaq. I, I don't remember Shaq like falling very often. That's who I got to compare him to. Because of his size, I know they play different. They do play different. Or Akeem, I don't remember Akeem. Yeah, I mean, they play none, none of the real bigs that really, but they play. They do play different. Mm-hmm. They're not on. They weren't on the perimeter like he is, and doing a lot of fadeaways and step backs and all that stuff. So I Euro, Euro just, seven. But it does take a lot of energy to fall. Yeah, and get back up, and you're behind the defense and hustle back. That does take more energy than just shooting and. Running, landing, and running down. Mm-hmm. I also think they probably. They, I would assume they probably worked with him on on when to try to catch yourself and when to just let yourself kind of like go and slide back. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're if you're landing awkwardly, you try to like try to like not fall. You can get almost get injured that way too. So they're probably just saying, you know what? There's certain times don't try to catch yourself because that's when you could hurt your knee. Just 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 glide and fall that fall down. So what you're saying is we have a falling issue. And landing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what right. And we're spending the off season on it, and we're talking about it. We have a falling and landing issue. I'd yeah. say it's falling slash conditioning issue, but yes, tired legs, which means Tyler that legs. it's a concern for someone. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a concern for what's the concern for prevent injury. Or injury happen? Both. Yes. Because look yeah. at a lot of injuries he's had. The lower back, he landed straight on his ass. He, he hurt his lower back that way, his tailbone and lower back. Uh, the meniscus in the Washington series, I believe, yeah. was landing on a dunk. Yep. And they're not even like landing on a dunk. It was just I think he landed on his on on the, on the right. I think he landed on his right foot on that one because he did one of those like jumping uh, euro step dunks. And then he doesn't he doesn't hang a lot. He just lets it go, and so his knees are almost like almost hyperextended when he lands. Sometimes, so I heard land I heard landing lessons, and I'm like, you know what? I think he does need those. Actually, I would say just hang on the damn ring for an extra two seconds and make sure you're you know you're set, and then let go. But when you're hey man, I'm not. Yeah, I have no idea. He's I euro stepping and dunking on people. What it is, how to help, the dress, an opinion. I I, I can't give an opinion. Because I have no idea. I'm the first time I ever heard this. You mean you weren't Euro stepping, dunking on people with your with the wrong leg? I mean, we were we were doing what they called the Euro step, but it was called back then. They said step through. They, oh, they I thought you were going to say back then it was called travel. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like, but they added an extra step or a half step since I played. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying the rule books they actually have. Oh, yes. okay. So I thought you're making a joke. A lot of times, guys would do it. Um, 
like we practiced it actually in college at Michigan State. We called it step through. Like we actually practiced it. And we had a guy, uh, one of our centers, Pep, did it all the time. And they called travel every time in games. So guys wouldn't do it. Uh, but we actually practiced it. We, daily dozen one, daily dozen two. It was like one of our things we had to do before practice with Coach Heathco. And guys were just like, I'm not doing that. Because they called travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, the NBA was a little more lenient. You had some guys that would do it a couple step through. Um, you know, obviously, Emmanuel, um, when he came in, kind of took it to another level. Yep. Um, because yeah. he, it was it was a part of his game and a part of his moves that he did. Looked, it looked pretty, too. Yeah, but, I mean, look, and, and, and him being left-handed, it was kind of different. And mm-hmm. now, now guys are, you know, start taking that and all the people that train and work out and do all that, they start putting it into their game and – adding more to it where, you know, coaches we had, it was like, what are you doing that for? Just, just go, just go shoot layup. Like it was just mm-hmm. like almost everything that you, you try to do that was kind of different. It was kind of frowned upon. Um, whereas now these guys practice all that stuff. So it's they're practicing at a young level. I mean, my kids, my younger boys at 11 and 12, they do it. Wow. Um, they see all those older guys doing it. So, so they do it yeah. and they practice it. Naturally, yeah. Um, that's the part. So they practice it, and they'd be so excited when they do it in the game because they've practiced it. Yeah, great. <laughs> and great. they all say, oh, Euro. Oh, and they, like, go crazy like it's AI's crossover or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I noticed the Euro step, though, usually in Manu was layup. Uh, James Hard, Euro step layup. Most of them laid up. Only the really, really skilled, huge guys like Giannis and Embiid Make it a habit of Eurostep dunking, like all wrong way. That's, that's 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 size. I mean, he's they so much bigger and they got the length that they can make it a dunk. Mm-hmm. A lot of the smaller guys are making it exactly, up. but landing floater or whatever it is, um, because of their size and how much ground you can cover. So it kind of depends on the size for that. And you got to be careful the way you land on those. So you know, landing lessons. Here we are, full circle. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right. Whatever helps him um, be the best he can be. Whatever yeah. helps him fall gracefully. <laughs> the new age of sports. You got Mahomes practicing different arm angles. You got uh, MB practicing different landing angles. New age, man. Sounds like MB should take up ballet. Yeah, be, light, be lighter on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some, they say some receivers like that do that in the offseason. They do oh, absolutely. I mean, I was kind of joking, but, you know, I mean – He's, he's taking landing gracefully lessons. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Though. Yeah, I wonder who he's like doing that with. They, they, she didn't really go into the details on who the person was, but what, what was like a stunt man or something. I, like, lo- I looked up on LinkedIn. There, there are landing specialists. No, I'm, totally, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally oh. kidding. Oh. <laughs> but you see, both you, guys believe all that both you guys believe that because it is. Yeah. It could be a yeah, thing. I love figuring I, all that out. Yeah, I can't, I can't, can't help you with that. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so, uh, final uh, topic here. Uh, so, Wednesday night, our guys will be traveling to Toronto to take on the Toronto Raptors. Looks like MB might be uh, looking for revenge for uh, last time he was there. He got his uh, orbital uh, bone fractured in the game six last year. Um, and all, and I believe Matisse will be able to play there because I, I saw Kyrie playing in Toronto, so I think they've lifted that. So, Matisse will be able to play. Yeah, I believe I've seen that, that they lifted yeah. it. So, um, right now, based on the, uh, the betting lines, uh, it's a pick em. Um, you know, usually the t- home team gets three points, but uh, it doesn't look like that's happening. It's a, it's a pick for this game. Uh, so who do you guys have Wednesday night and why? 
Go, Tasia, because um, I'm not very good at this. Uh, I'm just looking to see injury report. So, Otto Porter, doubtful. Surprise. Uh, Scotty Barnes, right ankle sprain, questionable. Man, it sounds like we're playing the playoff game again. Um, that's like the same exact injury report. Uh, and then Precious Achua, fine. Boucher, fine. Let's see everyone else is okay. Um, I'm happy for Thibel. He uh, his his sixer career pretty much ended in Toronto, so maybe he can you know revive it in Toronto now. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, he hasn't been the same since, so maybe he left his game in the hotel room in Toronto. Um, I, I think it'll be a close game. My biggest fear right now is that we don't know what Philly team's going to show up night to night. Well, except for the we know the third quarter ain't showing up, so that's that, that that's definitely happening. Um, We'll come out hard against them because of how that series ended, uh, but so will they to avenge that bad loss, right? So I'll predict a close game either way, five or less. I saw that the Raptors have two losses within three and four, so they, they play tight no matter what. Um, I say we win by four. Uh, I say we win. Um, Toronto's coming off of playing two games in Miami. Um, that city is known to um, give you a loss um, on that first game out of there. And now they've been there for, what, four days? Woo. Man, that's, <laughs> that's great. I didn't even think about that. That sounds great as a player. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. Because we're, we're, we're having the same trip in Toronto. Yep. Um, which is um, another sneaky, dangerous city. Um so I, I'll give us the win. Just, you know, I think Barnes didn't play the last game. I do think he'll play. Maybe he'll try to play Wednesday. Um, but he's obviously coming off an injury, and I think that, you know, we can get him. They still don't have, have an answer for Joel. Um, they didn't address that. Nope. Um, <laughs> so, no, they, no, they didn't. You're right. Yeah, I think we get it. I think we get it. So Precious Achua had 22 rebounds in his last game. Take Holy crap. Take his over and rebounds against us, okay? That's one big one. Now, I would take the over on. Yeah, I mean, rebound is different when you when you got a bang with you got a guard, Joel. You you you're not gonna have those that free body to just go and grab those rebounds. You got to make sure he don't get it. So that's where rebounds kind of can come down because it's you spending more time not letting him get them instead of chasing them. You know, Bam Bam is a really good player, but he's a different player. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, not necessarily play off of him, but you don't have to be as attached as maybe you do with Joel. Yeah. And then Barnes, I'm reading, when he hurt his um, ankle, Nurse said he'd miss some time, which, like, in football terms, it's like two to three weeks. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I mean, they're optimistic, but – Sometime makes me feel like he won't play in the first one, maybe the second one. Second one, yeah. Which means over in points for Van Fleet, for Trent, and probably for um, Siakam. It sounds like you're taking Toronto, man. You're taking all the overs on all the Toronto players. <laughs> I mean, I, I took. I want to take overs of the Indiana players too. We won that game. Yeah. What did yeah. he have in that game? I think it'll be interesting to see who we, we. You think we start PJ on Siakam? Ooh, that's a good question, right? Oh, um, 
Because Man. last year, didn't we have Joel on him? We, we tried Tobias, and he was eating. Yeah. He was eating Tobias's lunch. So yeah. uh, maybe, yeah, maybe we try to do that. That's a good call, though. And then put Tucker on Achua. You could do that. Mm-hmm. But then Achua over and rebound. So who do they start in that center? Because Achua um, came off the bench. Oh, I think Bush. No, Boucher came off the bench. Boucher. Mm-hmm. Now they both came off the bench. Uh, they Christian Coloco is starting. Starting, but I think Achua and Boucher will probably get. So Achua started because Barnes didn't play. No, Achua came Barnes. off the bench too. Let me see who started for them actually. Yeah, it's the starting five was um, Van Vliet, Trent, uh, OG, Siakam, and Colo- okay, OG, okay, OG is three. So Achua still played. He's th- so Siakam was Siakam was the four. Mm-hmm. Yes, and OG was the three. I forgot the OG, OG, because OG, yeah. And Achua played 34 minutes, so he's yeah. not starting. So when Barnes is playing, I haven't seen Toronto play this year. If Barnes is playing, who's not starting? If Barnes is playing. Like when Barnes played. Probably Trent off the bench? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Let me go to the game before that. So the other Miami game? Uh, the Nets game. Let's go to the Nets game. I know you. Yeah, their 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 first game, they had kind of a different lineup actually. Yeah, Van Fleet, Trent, Barnes, Anobi, Siakam. So they didn't have a they didn't have a traditional five. I Siakam, I think would play. He would play center. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a small team, that was a yeah, game. Yeah, you can do that against the Nets. So you can't do that against Joel. Yeah. No, no, they're gonna. Play, I think they're gonna start Coloco because I think Coloco's. I think he's a big guy. I can't even find him in that one. But yeah, uh, busy week because we got Toronto Friday as well. And then Saturday we are at Chicago. And then Monday we come to Washington on Halloween, which I'll be going to that game. So Ooh. I'll get to see us up close and personal. So it's a four-game trip. Yeah. But I watched the games on the road. Yeah. Coloco's 7-1. So yeah, they'll start Coloco against Embiid. Okay. So Embiid's probably going to eat in that first quarter. And then Achua will come in in relief and get 10 rebounds in five minutes. Yeah, he only had five boards last night. I took him to go over 10 rebounds. He only had five last night. But he also played limited minutes, too. I mean, he only, what, 20-something minutes? So That's true. That's He's trying to get back on defense. That's what. Both teams shoot. I mean, Pacers shoot a lot of jump shots, too. So Yeah, that's true. What was the rebound? Um, what was the rebounding total in that game as far as, like, us versus them. Um, what, like the between both teams? Who won the rebound battle? I'm going to it right now. The team stats. Uh, <laughs> they, they, did, by, they did by eight. They beat us by eight. Not good, man. And they had seven more offensive rebounds than us. Man. That's the, the issue. These teams are offensive rebounding against us. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a true center starting against us either. No. I guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess... Jackson 6'9". He looked hard in 6'9". All right. Well, anyway. All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.